What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Sports station. J-Mac here with John. 94 WIP. J-Mac being Jody McDonald. We got another J-Mac who's joining us. And one of the things we're going to talk about is another J-Mac's article in the Philadelphia Inquirer over the weekend. I got plenty more to uh, get into it with uh, John McMullen uh, from SI and Philly Voice. Uh, and his podcast, as good a podcast on the Eagles as you're going to find, extending the play. Uh, but, yes, we'll get Jeff McLean in here, too. Uh, John McMullen, how are you, buddy? Uh, doing well, Jody. And we got another J-Mac, Josh yes. McCann. So it's all it's all J-Mac Monday. Oh, I'm going to get to, to him, but we'll we'll hold off on him. Um when you read, and and I know that uh, you guys all have one mission covering the team, and you've got to do your own thing, but you have a little bit of a camaraderie there because you're all uh, working in the same place at the same spot and seeing the same things about the same team. Um, what was your first mental response when you read McLean's piece over the weekend? Uh, well, I know Jeff. Well, Jeff's uh, a tremendous reporter, uh, I would argue the best, honestly, that covers the Eagles. But um, uh, a lot of that, honestly, did, was was uh, already reported by Carson Wentz as far as being headstrong, as far as being uh, difficult to coach, dating really back to John DiFilippo, uh and Frank Reich, who, you know, and I, I always said, and I've said it on this show, um, the one thing everyone agrees on with Carson, people that like him, people that dislike him, is you know he's very stubborn, um, and, and and that part is is completely true, hundred uh, percent. Everybody knows it, everybody understands it. But I always say, I mean, guess who else is stubborn? Uh, Brady's stubborn. Aaron Rodgers is really really stubborn. Talk to Greg Jennings about Aaron Rodgers sometimes. Um, if you're successful, nobody cares. Right. Uh, and they expect it a lot of times out of that particular position. Go back in the day, Dan Perino was like that as well. Um, 
So uh, the fact that Carson played so poorly uh, really kind of manifests things and, and uh, highlights things and uh, puts more emphasis on the fact that he can be uh, a type A personality. What, however you want to describe it, he can rub some people the wrong way. Uh, and there's always been that part of it since day one, since day one that he's gotten here. Right. One of the things that I I don't think was emphasized as much previously that uh, Jeff really hammered down on in the article was uh, not that he's stubborn, not that he's not uh, a coachable player. You're right. That had been reported a lot. But this year, he was probably more aggressive at checking off plays sent in from the sidelines, checking to his own choices and running the plays he wants than maybe he ever did before. And it certainly was intimated, if not straight out said in the article, he did it to spite Doug Peterson, that the division between he and the coach had gotten so great that he just stopped listening to him and said, well, I'm going to make this my offense. So if you think Peterson's at a lousy job play calling this year, know full well you got to share that with Carson Wentz. Yeah, and I and, and that part of it, uh, I kind of, to be honest, I kind of blame Doug, uh, and and not as a defense of Carson from a standpoint of, well, guess what? If somebody's being that, uh, you know what, to your offense, um, and 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 screwing things up on purpose, well, you don't have to call a play where you can kill it from a, a say a pass to a run. So much of modern football, just call the play. They run the play, you know. I, I I mean, so so Doug could have nipped that in the bud, but you know, you you've talked about the relationships. It, it, it's been described as fractured. Uh, there's no doubt that when he benched Carson Wentz, that um, Carson was very upset, and and um, you know, who knew if this relationship was going to be uh, repairable, and certainly. That's one of the reasons uh, Doug is probably out of here, although Press Taylor's a much bigger one. Uh, and it's pretty evident that uh, Jeffrey Glory is going to move forward with Carson Wentz, and he wants a coach that's going to be able to repair him. Uh, so all of that enters in, into the equation. But, yeah, I mean, it's tremendously unprofessional if he's killing plays for spite. Um, but, again, if you go back to his first year, and by the way, Jody, this is one of the reasons the Eagles claimed they liked Carson Wentz better than Jared Goff uh, back in the draft uh, when he came here is because he was more equipped to handle autonomy at the line of scrimmage. He's always wanted more autonomy to do different things. Again, quarterbacks that can handle that, like Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, it's great. But if he can handle it, it's not so great, and that's where we got to with Carson Wentz. Understood, and uh, it is uh, now a uh, major driving force in the Eagles' ongoing attempt to find their next head coach. They've already interviewed a couple of guys. A couple of guys have already said thank you, no, and signed on with other teams. Uh, they may or may not wait for Biennemi. They didn't get a chance to interview him today. They did Bowles instead, who uh, also is his team is still advancing with Tampa going to the NFC Championship game. Um, do you have to get off the plane, and does your first uh, line have to be, oh, I can fix Carson Wentz if you're applying for the job as Eagles head coach? 
It's one of them. You got to agree to a lot of things. That's one of the problems. You got to agree to, to um, personnel, uh, obviously, uh, uh, issues as far as not having maybe uh, as much say as you would like. You have to agree to certain uh, coaching uh, aspects of it as far as assistance. Uh, you have to agree with game day analytics and having Ryan Paganetti in your ear uh, and telling you what to do in a certain situation. Go for two, kick the extra point, go for fourth and three. Um, and then you got to agree that uh, Carson Wentz is fixable. So that's a lot of a, a, a green <laughs> uh, you have to do to be the head coach of Philadelphia Eagles. And that's one of the reasons uh, Robert Sala uh, didn't really take this job seriously. Arthur Smith uh, didn't take this job seriously. Brian Dayball uh, said no thanks uh, to uh, an interview request. Uh, in the case of the first two, they had options. Uh, in the case of Dayball, I think uh, he was disappointed he didn't get the Chargers job and at that point said, you know what, I'll just stick in Buffalo with Josh Allen. Uh, and that's kind of where we are. And I, I got to be honest with you, Jody. I think the other J Mac is going to be the head coach of this team this week. We'll get to Josh McDaniels. Um, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan as uh, not the uh, only of, one of him as a coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I would not be a fan of him as the head coach of any professional football team. I don't quite see the allure because he sits at the right hand of Bill Belichick that somehow makes him eligible to be a good NFL head coach. It didn't last long. It didn't go real well in Denver. Someone else was foolish enough to offer him their head coaching position. He said yes. He got them to hire assistant coaches who they got on signed contracts but then he decided, nah, better yet, I don't think I want to come. I want to stay with my boy, Bill. And he walked out on him, and the Eagles are going to be the team that says, oh, it's okay, you can come coach our team, even though you're one of the most untrustable coaches in the National Football League. What is it about McDaniels? He seems to be the anti-Eagle head coach, if we believe it's going to have to start with well, Carson Wentz is the man, and I'll certainly accept any guidance you want to give me about how to handle Carson Wentz, and, oh, yeah, I'll be able to fix him. Why would they want a guy who's proven before when he has been the man, he doesn't necessarily listen to anybody? Yeah, I, it's a good question, and I can't answer that question. That When we started this thing, this was the last name I would have brought up to be the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, certainly amongst them. I, you bring up Denver, you know, it, it, I, I always joke, other than Adam Gase, I think Josh McDaniels is the worst NFL head coach I've ever seen. I, I think he was the living and breathing embodiment of what Mike Lombardi once claimed Doug Peterson was. <laughs> but I can overlook that because he was 32. I, I think he was 32 years old. He got that job way before he he, he should have gotten it. He was very immature. I think even he would admit that. Uh, he had all the issues with Jay Cutler. Uh, Cutler said he didn't trust him. That's the head coach of your football team. And Bob, people forget, I think it was 5-0 and his first season, and he just couldn't get along with the quarterback. 
typically, and we see it in Philadelphia, we just talked about it with Carson and Doug Peterson, when things go bad, you have fractured relationships. This guy had a fractured relationship when things were going well. Uh, and ultimately, that went off the rails. He also had a, a, a cheating scandal there. He also grossly misevaluated uh, uh, Tim Tebow. But, all, but again, I, he rehabilitated himself. I can overlook that. The Indianapolis stuff, I can't overlook. I, I mean, you, talk, you, you just explained it, Jody. That is incredibly unprofessional to the point where Bob Lamont dropped him as a client. That, that's how unprofessional he was to the Indianapolis Colts. So I went back, and between, I think, 2015 and he took the Colts job, he had 11 interviews. He was the guy. He was the hot commodity. He had rebuilt himself. Since he did that 180, this is it. This is the only opportunity he's gotten. And I think he understands this is my only chance to get to do this again, and I got to take it or I'm not going to get another opportunity. From the Eagles' standpoint, it's a little bit tougher to explain. Uh, all I can lean on is, is Jeffrey's a Boston guy. He's always loved the Patriots. He tried to buy the Patriots before he bought the Eagles. He, he is enamored with the way they do business. He's in awe of the way they do business. I can't think of another reason, but he's going to hire this guy as his head coach. Which is just stone cold sad. Uh, so let me just confirm because I I said this in the first segment tonight, and uh, I am uh, trying to follow it as best I can, and you're better at it than I am. Correct me if I'm wrong. No other team even reached out for McDaniel's to ask for permission or see if he would have any interest or put out feelers. I know he didn't get any other interviews, but there was no other team that even showed minimal interest. In McDaniel, with all the openings in the NFL this offseason? No, no, certainly no interviews. I mean, that's that's confirmed. And, and no feelers, no even reports of somebody thinking about asking uh, for a request to interview. Um, and, again, this all comes off uh, the Indianapolis es- escapade, which hurt him in the NFL as a whole, uh, just devastated him. Because, as I said before that, pre-Indianapolis, he was getting interviews all over the place. He was the guy who could turn down jobs, understanding another one was around the corner, and he could pick his spots. And you can disagree with that as well. But, again, uh, he had re- rehabilitated himself. As an offensive coach, I-, I do think he deserves credit for, if you think about New England over the years, he, he built that offense that was sort of um, – kind of uh, 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 built around the inside slot receivers, the Welkers, the Edelmans, Gronkowski's a tight end, Aaron Hernandez before he went off the rails uh, personally. Uh, he, he, he was a very innovative guy because you didn't see other offenses do that type of thing. So, so from an X's and O's standpoint, there's some really good things about him, but, the other stuff, being a head coach, and, and for Jeffrey Lurie to have gone through it with Chip Kelly and the inability to communicate with people, that's Josh McDaniels, man. He might be a better uh, scheme coach, but you're going to run into some of the same difficulties. And this strikes me as 
we got to find a guy to fix Carson Wentz, and we're not thinking about anything else. Yeah, that's the number one requirement, uh, unquestioned. And, oh, by the way, Carson Wentz isn't Tom Brady. Yes, Josh McDaniels has had some success as an offense quitter in this league when Tom Brady was running his offense. This year, no Tom Brady. The Cam Newton-led Patriot offense didn't wow anybody. So I don't know if he is. So I don't know if he is uh, some offensive genius or guru, or he's just a guy who was able to ride the coattails of Tom Brady for a decade plus. Yeah, and, and I joked. I don't think this is a, a, a chicken in the egg causality question. I think we know the answer to that, and it is Tom Brady because. You know, Tom's going to his 14th championship game, twice as many as other any other quarterback in history, on a new team, in a new conference, with a new coach and a new offensive coordinator and new players. So Tom Brady is, if he's not the greatest quarterback of all time, uh, he's certainly in the conversation in a very, very short list. And I bring back the comparison with Adam Gase. Adam Gase was once the number one candidate in this league. Why? Because Peyton Manning threw for 50 touchdowns. And Peyton Manning in the in the Denver offense scored 600 points. How did he do without Peyton Manning at, at, at playing at an MVP level? I mean, this league's about personnel. And you're right, Carson Wentz ain't Tom Brady. No, not even close. John McMullen, Philly Voice SI, extending the play pod, our guest here on 94 WIP. Um, I, let's say that Jeffrey has a come-to-Jesus moment, and he realizes there's a whole lot of negatives about Josh McDaniels, and I'm going to get roasted if that's the case. If McDaniels comes in and does demand that he put Howie in a broom closet somewhere and make him the gentleman, however he gets off the rails, it goes off the rails. Where do they go next? I think it would be Todd Bowles because uh, people in the organization like him, um, and it would be sort of a, a, a safety net and sort of a, and it would be ironic because they're so different. I mean, Todd Bowles is such a, a quiet guy, uh, gets along with everybody, very understated. Um, and, and it would be uh, almost, uh, you know, I hate to use that team term safety net because it, it sort of degrades him as a football coach a little bit. But it, it, it is, you know, one guy is sort of like, rolling the dice and you're going a hundred miles an hour and you're crossing your fingers. And the other guy is like the comfortable pair of shoes. I, I, that's, that's the comparison. Uh, and I think that's where the Eagles are. But the second part is they don't have a, a lot of options. You know, I, I was told, and by the way, Jody, this is very weird to me. I, I was told the Eagles have a, an issue with the optics of another Andy Reid coach. And that's why, uh, Mike Cap is not in the equation. Eric Bieniemy is probably not going to be in the equation. Uh, and I'm thinking they have a problem with the optics of an Andy Reid coach when Andy's going back to a third consecutive AFC championship game. Uh, first guy to do it in, in both conferences. Uh, they're on the cusp of another Super Bowl berth, and you have a problem with an Andy Reid student and you don't have the problem of the optics of Josh McDaniels? That, I mean, what is going on here? 
I was concerned they were going to hire Josh McDaniels today on Martin Luther King Day. And Eric, the enemy's agent, I don't know if you saw the tweet, he put out that the Eagles were going to hire Josh McDaniels and how disgusted that they were, not just that the Eagles, but the entire league when it comes to minority candidates and and another hiring cycle. And I'm thinking, how tone deaf is this organization? They're concerned about the optics of an Andy Reid coach. It's bizarre to me. Right. And if they really were concerned about optics, and uh, this is probably a little bit of an overstatement, but it's how I feel, the feel-good coach for the Eagles to hire is Deuce Staley. Now, I'm not sure that Deuce Staley is the most legitimate choice or that he's the guy who makes the most sense. But he is the guy who I think would, if Jeffrey cares at all, and if you're making statements like we worry about the optics of something, well, then yeah, it would just look good for the players in the locker room, the fans of the Philadelphia Eagles in this town, across the board in the NFL, promoting from within, giving a loyal guy a shot, a guy who wasn't a quarterback, he's a former running back. There are a whole bunch of optics that play well for Deuce Staley. Now, I don't know that that equates that Deuce Staley gets him back to the Super Bowl, and that should be the number one thing that the Eagles are attempting to do, hire the best coach that gets him a chance to get back to the uh, penult- the ultimate. But do they or don't they care about optics? If they do, it, put it this way, if they hire somebody else, how bad is it going to look that they are just using Deuce as a guy to, A, make it seem like they care about their coaches and the people who work under them in the organization, and, B, even the Rooney rule? Yeah, I, I mean, early in the process, I, I, I thought, you know, Deuce Staley made a lot of sense for the reason that, you know, Jeffrey mentioned the word, I think, transition, didn't want to say rebuild, but mentioned transition, I think, seven times in his press conference. Uh, so it's pretty clear this team thinks they got to uh, rip it down and build back up. So, A, you know, you, you need a coach for a rebuild. And from that standpoint, I don't think it's necessarily fair to do to put him in that type of position. But secondly, you have all the people in the locker room, current players, Rodney McLeod, Brandon Graham, uh, even former players like Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Long, um, you know, all endorsing Deuce Staley. What what a great leader. He should be the head coach of this team. Uh, yeah, it would have been a home run from that standpoint. The realization that, and, and I've made this comparison before, it's, it certainly wouldn't be as bad, but uh, a Brett Brown type situation with Sixers, you're in a rebuild anyway. Uh, and, and maybe, you know, three, four years down the road, you're going to need a different coach to to take you to that next level. Um, and, and maybe that's how you should have went about it. But um, it, it, it's been a strange uh, search as a whole. It's been all over the place. There's no theme. You got young guys. You got uh, veteran guys. You got uh, out-of-the-box guys like Josh McDaniels who came out of nowhere. Uh, there has been no rhyme nor reason to it, and I think that tells you a lot about this organization right now. It's a little schizophrenic, and I, I think they're just throwing darts. And, you know, I think ultimately it's going to come down, sadly, to 
Jeffrey Lurie's respect for the New England Patriots. I think that's what it's going to come down to. But somehow he's lost his respect for Andy Reid, who just continues to go to championship game after championship game after championship game, but he's still got the longing to steal one from New England. That's just flat-out wrong. All right, uh, one more question on uh, the coaching search. If McDaniels or uh, Bowles or we find out that they do decide to wait for one of Andy's old guys or they go uh, a little surprising and turn it over to Joe Brady, because there's an argument to be made for him. If you're going to a transitional period, you might as well go with a guy who at least has the chance of becoming an offensive genius and guru, which Josh McDaniels won't be growing into, but that's just my opinion. Um if that's the case, if they go to someone else, but they say, listen, we'd really like you to keep Deuce around. If you're Deuce Staley, they've elevated you to assistant coach. They haven't given you the offensive coordinatorship. Do you try and talk them into the offensive coordinatorship, your new coach? What happens to Deuce Staley if he's not the next head coach of the Eagles? Yeah, I, I mean, if I were Deuce, I, I would want to move on. But I, I hesitate to say, look, I mean, uh, he, 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 you know, I, I don't advocate that anybody be unemployed either. Right. I mean, he hasn't gotten other head coaching interviews. He hasn't gotten bites for coordinator positions. So, I, I mean, from that standpoint, he might have to swallow uh, and come back because I do think this organization would keep him around and make sure he's on the new coaching staff. Uh, but I do think they're, they've made it very clear. Look, he got interviewed in 2016 for the head coaching job. He got passed over. Uh, he got passed over twice for the coordinator position, uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, now, uh, he gets passed over in theory again for the head coaching position. I think that tells you all you need to know that this organization, he's reached the, the glass ceiling. Um, and if he has other options, and a couple years ago, I think it was two years ago, he was thinking about going back to South Carolina uh, and, and, and his alma mater and, and coaching at the college level. And if he wants to, to take that step forward, it might be a situation where he has to take a step back to take those two forward. And I would advocate he did it because he do it because this organization is clearly not going to, uh, not going to allow him to go any higher. All right. Johnny Mac, last thing. And I just said this shortly before you were uh, on and I punched you up and either agree or disagree with me was three consecutive passes by Andy Reed with, uh, just over two minutes to go, and then the last play being under two minutes to go. Was that not the most Andy Reid thing you'd ever seen? You know he can run it three straight times and take it down to a minute 20. Oh, no, we'll throw on second down, get sacked. We'll throw on third down, and a 30-plus-year-old veteran has to take off and almost runs for 14 yards, which he needs for a first down, comes a half a yard short. And then on fourth down, yeah, we'll sprint him out and throw it again. If that is an well, Andy Reid, I don't know well, what is. It, I, I got to tell you, Jody, anybody who's listened to me for years, I, I have tremendous respect for Andy Reid. I, I think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time, number one. But he has evolved over the years. He does that all the time with Patrick Mahomes. What impressed me, now Patrick Mahomes is great. He, he goes for the kill shot. 
he has evolved as a coach. He's the most, it's ironic because you talk about the Joe Brady's of the world. Um, Josh McDaniels, we talked about as a 32 year old head coach, all these young guns, Sean McVay, on and on and on. Brandon right. Staley now on the defensive side of the football. Uh, and he's the most innovative coach in the game. What impressed me, he goes for the win. Patrick Mahomes is out in concussion protocol. He goes for the win with, with Chad Henney. Chad Henney. The aggression and the ability to understand his personnel. Nobody can cover Tyree Kill on that speed out. They do it all the time. I, there's a reason he's in three straight championship games. There's a reason he was in three straight championship games here. It's a great coach. You got that right. J-Mac, always a pleasure, my friend. We'll probably have a new head coach by the time next week rolls around. I will probably call on you again. Always uh, great to get you on. Thanks for hopping on and giving us your insight. All right. Thanks, Jody. Appreciate it. My pleasure. That is John McMullen. Do check out his podcast, the Extending the Play podcast, and uh, read them all the time in uh, Philly Voice and SI. Jody Mack, hang with you here on 94 WIP. We'll continue the Eagle conversation. Oh, by the way, Fly Guys got uh, crushed tonight, got beat up by the Sabres at home. Oh, by the way, goal in the third period to make it not look. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.